Open up with me this morning to the book of John chapter 3. John chapter 3, verse 16, 17, and 18. Today, we, the name of this sermon is going to be called Vindication or Condemnation. And I preached this down at Morgan County uh, Detention Center this past Tuesday. And as I began to think more about it, I said, I don't think it would be bad for my people to hear it. Because condemnation is something that the enemy heaps up on us. He heaps it up on people. He never wants to let them get free. And one of the ways that he keeps a lot of Christians bound and people in the world bound is by always reminding them of how sorry they are or were. And they begin to self-condemn themselves. If you buy a lie from the devil, you'll condemn yourself. It's called self-condemnation. And you'll be hard on yourself. The devil will tell you you ain't worthy, and you'll say you're right. The devil will tell you a failure. You're never going to amount to anything. And if you agree with the devil, you'll say, yeah, you're right. And there's a lot of things that we've done wrong in our lifetime. If you're sitting here this morning, the Bible says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Ain't none of us in here can gloat one way or the other because we've lived a better life than somebody else. Some of us in here might have never cussed before, but I doubt it. <laughs> I said, I doubt it. But uh, and a lot of people can say, you know, I've never, I've never lied before. But I doubt that too. <laughs> but it's possible that you could have done everything right, but still you would need the grace of God and the blood of Jesus to wash away your sin if you had never committed a sin. Amen. Because you were born in sin. Amen. Did you know that? You were born in sin. That's why the Bible says all have sinned and falling short of the glory of God. Condemnation is a heavy, heavy thing. After you miss it, boy, here comes the enemy. And boy, I mean, he'll jump on your shoulder and he'll talk in your ear and he'll tell you that you ain't a Christian at all. How could a Christian do this or how could a Christian do that? And boy, if you ain't careful, a lot of people have come, un come under the spirit of condemnation and because they have bought those, bought those lies from the devil, you know, they go back into the world. Instead of coming on back to church, running back to Jesus, and where there's grace and forgiveness and mercy, instead of running back to him, they buy those lies of condemnation and think they're never going to be able to, to measure up to the standards of God or to Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and they give up on Christianity. Because if they miss it one time, the enemy jumps on them, and they, if they do something that they, they did in the past and, and begin to sin, thank God there's, 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 the blood is there to wash away our sin. Yes. Amen. The Bible says in John, uh, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it said that if we confess our sins, if we confess our sins, 
that God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen? Amen. So if I don't know too many Christians that got saved, got all their sins forgiven, and then never repeat, never sinned again. More power to you if you did. Amen. But a lot of us have, have missed it somewhere or another. And where you think you might not have missed it, in God's standards, you missed it big. Amen. Just to gossip and talk about somebody right. is a sin. That's right. Amen? Amen? A white lie is as bad as a big lie. Right. There ain't no such thing as no little bitty lie. If it ain't truth, it's a lie. Right. Amen? Right. So, this morning, I want to talk about vindication. Or will it be condemnation for you? Bible, I mean, the, the word vindication means to be clear of an accusation. To be clear of an accusation, blame, or suspicion. Or suspicion. To be vindicated means that somebody said something about you, accused you of something, or blamed you for something, but in the end, when the truth came out, you were vindicated. It came out that none of that was true. You were vindicated. A lot of Christians today, we need to understand that we live under a vindication because of what Jesus Christ did on Calvary for every one of us we have been vindicated Amen. the charges have been dropped right. we were all guilty of sin but our sin was laid upon him on that cross and he died with our sin he was buried with our sin and he rose again victoriously over death hell and the grave and because of what he did in my place we have been vindicated. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. There's, God is not bringing up any charges on me or you anymore based on what Jesus Christ did for you on Calvary. Amen. Now you need to understand that because if you don't understand that you've been vindicated, when the devil comes to try to lie to you and put condemnation on it, on you, if you ain't careful, you'll buy into it. And you'll walk around, instead of having victory, you'll walk around as a Christian, but look defeated. You'll walk around with your head down, instead of your head up. Amen? Amen. Condemnation is a terrible, terrible evil spirit. And I hate to see it on people, especially knowing that they've been vindicated. But yet, their mindset is, they don't think they've been forgiven yet of everything. Listen. If you got forgiven, you got forgiven for everything. Amen. 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 When you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you got born again. It don't matter what you did. It don't matter if your sins stack up from this floor all the way up to heaven. There's enough power in the blood of the Lamb to wash away all sin. Amen. 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 I need to know, and you need to know, our records have been cleansed. That was always trying to steal something from you. That's right. And the Bible says in, in Revelation chapter 12, verse 10 and 11, the Bible says the devil is the accuser of the brethren. Mm -hmm. Did y'all hear that? Yeah. 
He is the accuser of the brethren. The Bible says he came before God day and night to accuse God's people. But the Bible says in, in verse 11 that we overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb That's right. and by the word of our testimony. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God we have overcome Satan. We have overcome every accusation that the devil has brought up against us. We are not condemned. We've been vindicated, praise God. Charges have been dropped. I don't know about y'all, but have any of y'all ever been to the courtroom before and you've done something because they, you broke the law and you got to stand before the judge. And I don't know about y'all, my knees always knock. That means they shake. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, when they call my name. Oh man, I'm so nervous. I, I don't know what's going to happen here. That man's life, your life is in his hands. And he's fixing to pass a verdict on you for the crime that you brought, you you that you uh, broke, and that's called condemnation. When you're guilty of a crime, every one of us were guilty, but because of what Jesus did, praise God, He paid the price in full. We've been vindicated. The charges have been dropped. Get that into your mind. The Bible says in Psalm 103. Around verse 11, the Bible said that, that God has cast our sins as far as the east is from the west and remembers them no more. Y'all hear that? Amen. Hallelujah. God said, as far as the east is from the west, if you're going east and if you're going west, they never meet up. That's two different directions. And God says, I know you sin, but I have chosen to remember your sins no more. Amen. So therefore, when somebody is on your shoulder and speaking in your ear and talking about your past, it didn't come from God because God has chosen Amen. not to remember what you did last year or from the day you were born. If it's under the blood, it's under the blood and it's forever forgotten in the eyes of Almighty God. Amen. You need to buy into that. That needs to be your mindset. Because a lot of people, even in the church, are still living under condemnation. Now, let's look at what the scriptures say. I, we was going to start off in John chapter 3, but we got the train rolling quick. John chapter 3. Let's see what the word says about condemnation. Verse 16. We all should know what verse 16 says. Amen. One of the most popular scriptures throughout the world that you'll find on billboards. Uh, you'll find it on in, uh, people's uniforms. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17 is the one most people don't know nothing about. That's right. Come on. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Mm -hmm. Wow. But that the world through him might be saved. Verse 18. He who believes in him is not what? Condemned. condemned. He who believes in Christ Jesus is not guilty. Amen. 
is not brought under shame and condemnation. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. A lot of people, even in the church today, because they go to church, and if you ain't careful, you can be in a church, and instead of them preaching the gospel of the kingdom, yeah. they can be preaching condemnation to you. Yeah, come on. And, it before, and instead of you coming to church as a condemned person, you walk out still under condemnation in the wrong church. But if you walk into the right church, you can walk in condemned and walk out with the charges dropped. Amen. No condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Now therefore, there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. When God sent his son into this world, he sent him into this world to save the world. Right. But the Bible says he did not send his son into this world to condemn the world. That right. God already knew the world was condemned. It was wrong. It was sinful. It was ungodly. But Jesus didn't come with a condemning spirit Amen. and a judgmental spirit, a criticizing spirit. Everybody he met was a sinner. But he didn't come pointing fingers at them, saying, you did this, and you did that. How many of you think would have followed him around them mountains and around that seashore and in them boats everywhere he was going if he was pointing fingers at them every day? Amen. I don't know about you, but I don't like point, people pointing fingers at me all the time. Amen. I don't like folks just judging me all the time. Hallelujah. They ain't but one that can really go judge me one day, and that's him. Amen. Amen. But there's a lot of people that has yoked up with the accuser of the brethren and they feel like it's their job to pass judgment and to criticize other people. Not because they're wrong, but because of their past. There's a right way to judge folks. If they are sinning and doing wrong, the Bible says in the church, you're supposed to go to them and tell them what the word says, that you are wrong. That is not judging somebody. Hallelujah. That is trying to save your brother. Every time you hear somebody say, oh, you judging me. You judging me. Don't judge me. No, that ain't, that ain't always scriptural. If you see a brother sinning, the Bible says go to him. Amen? Amen. You got to go to a brother. You can't just let him keep sinning because he might end up in hell. Right. Hallelujah. You got to try to win him back. You try to get him on the right path. That ain't judging folks. But whenever you, you hold a, a, a person's past against them, you are holding them in a sentence that God has already released them from. Amen. 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 Don't judge a person on yesterday or what he did yesterday. Don't, don't, don't. I mean, if you you hiring somebody, I know we, we look at everybody's record. Let me see what he did. Let me see what he did. And sometimes you got to make a righteous choice by, you know, if this guy here, if he's had 15 jobs in the last 15 days, he probably ain't going to stay with you. That's a righteous judgment, right? Uh, it broke my heart when, when Brother 
Hurd had to go back because they gave him a bigger sentence because of his past. They, they went all the way back into all his history and they based what he did this time on what he did last time. But see, God don't work that way. That's right, that's right. Jesus don't work that way. Amen. He don't look up. Let's see what all he's done. Let's go back a long way and see what this guy, he claimed to be. Let's see what he's done. And then they ain't basing it on he's been washed in the blood. That he'd been washed and forgiven by the by Jesus Christ. They don't even know he's a new creation in the eyes of Almighty God. In the eyes of God, he's holy, blameless, hallelujah, in the eyes of God because of what Jesus did. But these people still in the church hold you, hold you to what you did 15 years ago. Condemnation is a killer. It, it saps all your joy. It takes all your joy. And anytime you walk around, walk around with a spirit of condemnation, you'll never experience the victory that Jesus Christ died to give you. Amen. You'll never have the peace of God or the joy of the Lord that he died to give you if you buy into the spirit of condemnation. You'll always be walking around like a chicken. <laughs> head down, head down, eating doo-doo on the ground. <laughs> but listen, once we get born again, washed in the blood, we ain't chickens. Amen. We ain't the old. We ain't the old. We ain't the same old person we used to be. That's right. Come on. The Bible said, "Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new." If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Amen. 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 Hallelujah! When you become a new creation, you get you changed into an eagle. That's right. Eagles soar. They follow the wind and the current. They don't have to go around flapping around like a, a crow all the time. They just catch them, they, they spread them big wings, and they soar through the, through the, through the heavens. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you what, they soar. We're supposed to be soars, and we're supposed to be roaring, hallelujah, and not doing this all the time. But I can tell you when somebody got condemnation on them, you can look at them. Mm -hmm. It's on their countenance. And it, the, 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 the more they buy into it, the deeper it looks the deeper it gets. But I hate to see it because I know what Jesus wants you to have. Amen. He wants you to be free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. But because we buy the lies of the enemy, we condemn ourselves called self-condemnation and we put ourselves in a sentence and a judgment called condemnation. And even though we, we put ourselves in a jail cell, and Jesus has opened the door, but we decide we're going to stay in here anyhow. When the door is wide open. I don't know about you, but if they put me in jail and they open the door, they ain't got to tell me what I'm going to do. I'm leaving there. I'm coming out of this cell. But there's a lot of people stay in the cell, imprison themselves to the spirit of condemnation. They beat themselves up over and over and over and over and over. They get a little bit better, and then that devil comes back with that old, that old, same old story. You buy into it, and you beat yourself up again. I don't know if I'm going to ever be able to get this right. I hate that demon called condemnation. The Bible said Jesus didn't come to condemn us. A lot of people have the wrong way of thinking in their mind about, how good, about the goodness of God. 
They think God is a God that's just, just waiting for you to miss it. And just get, it just gives him great joy to see you miss it. And when you do miss it, he's got that Louisville slugger caught back. Just waiting on you to miss it. Say, go ahead. I'm going to play baseball with your head. No, God ain't like that. That's right. That's the wrong kind of thinking. God is not coming to condemn you. Right. Jesus didn't come to condemn you. Amen. He come to get you right. Yes, he, he come to set you free. Amen. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen. Now, uh, in Romans chapter 8, I read, I, I spoke to you about verse 1, but I wanted to read verse 34 to you. Romans 8. 34. <coughs> Romans 8. Let's look at verse 33. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Verse 34, who is he who condemns? Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress a persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or pearl, a sword, as it is written. For your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more, more than conquerors. More than conquerors. Right. Through him Amen. who loved us. Who loved us. Not condemned us, but loved us. Mm -hmm. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, angels nor principalities, nor things present nor things to come, nor height nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, Amen. which is in, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. You know, there'd be a lot more Christians today if we just preach vindication instead of condemnation. That's right. When I go down to the Morgan County Jail, I always go down there with uh, to get them free in their spirit, man. Amen. I never go to point fingers at them. That's right. I never ask them what they do or have done in their life. That is not for me. I don't even care. Paul said, uh, uh, it's best for me not to know nothing about you but Christ in you. That's right. I don't want to know about you. I don't want to know about your history. I don't care. The reason I don't want to know is because sometimes when you put that filth in, it's hard to get that filth back. That's right. Come on. And if you ain't careful, you're prejudging somebody even though you don't want to judge them. Right. Amen. If you ever want to win souls, if you ever want to bring people close to Jesus, you can never go to them with a condemning spirit. That's right. You don't win sinners with a condemning spirit. You win them with a loving spirit, spirit of grace and mercy upon you. You go with truth. You never compromise truth to win nobody. 
You always stick with the truth. But you never can win people with a condemning spirit. I have a, a dear sister in this church that came to this church. And when she came in this church, she would, she would have been hit so many times with condemnation, 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 that she was ready to commit suicide. But because she has stayed here long enough, she has been acquitted, free of charges. She has been set free. All of that trash that was sown in her mind, she's now a, a, a free child. Amen. How can I tell? I can look at her. Amen. And I can tell. Yes. When, she, when she used to come in here, oh my, I thought a dead person just walked in through the door. And she was willing to give up on life. She, she told us, ready to give up. I can't live like that. But you know what? When you preach the truth, when you preach the truth, when you know the truth, the truth shall make you free. Amen. And she stuck here long enough to get the truth. But it amazes me what people would tell somebody to put them in such a shape. Yes. That's right. I'm talking about a preacher. Mm. Amen. That's the truth. Lord, help us. Lord, how many people have been run off from the church? That's right. Come on. That should have stayed in the church. That's right. That condemning stuff now, I don't, I don't, Jesus didn't bring it. I don't bring it. That's right. Amen. I don't come to condemn you. When you come to this church, I hope you leave out of here feeling better than when you came. Amen. 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 But we still ain't compromising the truth for that. That's right. That's right. Um, so, uh, let me let me tell you about a, a, a true story that happened in my, in my life one time. Y'all ever been through dry spells? Quit uh, serving the Lord is like, Lord, I need a, I need a, a boost. Oh yeah. I need something to happen to, to stir me back up again. I'm just kind of dry right now. See, like I'm going through a dry season. Well, I was, I was hustling about three jobs at this time and trying to make a living for me and Sophie and the kids. And I was selling uh, ceramic tile, and I was uh, trying to go to these uh, stores and and get them to buy our tile and so forth. I'm going everywhere. I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm like, this ain't easy. Sell this tile out the back of this truck. Yeah. I was like, Lord, I had these sample boards and I, I, I done been everywhere and been to a few tile distributors and they didn't much want to have much, nothing to do with what, what I had. And I said, Lord, how do I go about selling this tile? And the Lord spoke to me in the truck and he said, Quit going to these big distributors. He said, just call the, the uh, no, I wasn't selling tile. I was selling air-conditioned parts. Let's get the story right. Now I, now, I did sell tile one time. That's why I got that story confused. But at this point, I'm just trying to make a living. I'm doing whatever you can to make a dollar to put diapers and food on the table. So I'm sitting, my, a guy I knew uh, had bought a whole semi-truck full of air-conditioned parts that had flipped. They were just have a few dings on the on the units or the parts and stuff. And he said, Stacy, can you help me sell this? I said, I don't know. But I'm like, I need some money. So I'll try. So I get out there and I, I can't sell these air conditioned parts. Ain't nobody wanting to hear. The Lord said, go to the to the small air conditioned repairman. They they'll take what you got. I said, I ain't even thought about that. Back then we we used yellow pages. <laughs> 
So I went to the Yellow Pages, and I looked up. I was I was sitting around Conyers Covington area, and I looked, and the first one I came across there was this guy. I'm not going to mention his name, but I, his name was there, and I, a, AC Repairman. Uh, I said, okay, I'm going to call this guy. I called him up on the telephone. I said, hey, man, I got a truck. I got a whole semi-truck full of parts, air conditions. Would you be interested in looking at them? I said, I have a sheet. I don't have them all in my truck, but I have a sheet telling you everything we got. And we sell them at a good price. He said, come by and see me. He said, I don't feel good. Actually, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of under the weather. He said, but if you come by, uh, I'll take time to see you. So I drove over to his, his, his house. And when I pulled up in the driveway, boy, this is a good testimony. I'll never forget it as long as I live. I pulled up in this man's driveway, didn't know him from nothing. And as soon as I opened my car door and got out, Brother Stanton, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said, the words that he said to me was, you're going to pray for this man today. I had grown enough in the Lord at this point in my life. I was a pastor that I wasn't afraid to pray for nobody. I mean, I ain't never going to be afraid of praying for folks. I didn't got past that point. And the Holy Spirit said, you're going to pray for that man today. I immediately said, okay. At the right time, I believe the Lord opened that door and I'll, I'll pray. I'm praying for I already made up my mind before I leave here today, I'm praying for this man. Because the Holy Spirit told me to. I don't know how he's going to receive it. I don't even know what he believes. So anyhow, after the Lord told me that, I get my sheet of paper, and, and, and I walk up to his, his carport, his garage door is open, he has a poker table sitting up under there. And he's sitting there and he's drinking. He's drinking some strong liquor. A, couple, a bottle sitting on the table, and, and he's sitting there drinking, and he's smoking. And he's on the phone with somebody. And he says, he's talking ugly. Real ugly. Y'all ain't never heard of such. I'm probably the only one ever heard of such. <laughs> Anyhow, I, I recognize it. I used to talk like that. But now I'm a Christian. But you know what? When I heard him talk like that, the first thing, I, it never entered into my heart, judge him for the way he's talking. I said, how can I judge him? I used to talk just like it. That's right. That's the only thing he knows. He's a sinner. That's right. So, I don't judge him. I don't say nothing. I just listen to him rant and rave and cuss and, and talk about they're going to find him a woman. He's talking on the telephone to one of his buddies. We're going to have a party this coming Friday night, and we're going to go pick up this lady, and, and I'm hearing all this. I'm just sitting there, cool, calm. Let And finally, he gets off the phone and he, he starts talking to me and, and I'm thinking the whole time in the back of my head, the Holy Spirit said, I'm going to pray for this guy today. So I'm like, okay, I'm on a mission. I'm on an assignment. So he, comes, he starts talking. and I don't know how we got to the, this conversation going in the direction it was. It had to be just the Holy Spirit. I sit there. I don't tell him I'm a pastor. I don't blow my cover for nobody. <laughs> don't ever blow your cover. You don't win people by go introducing yourself. Hey, I'm Pastor So and So and So and So Church. That ain't how you win normal people. The first thing they do is they pull back. Say, Oh, I gotta watch what I say. I gotta watch what I do. Him, him's a holy man, and they pull back. There, a, a wall goes up. So don't ever blow your cover. Just be cool. So. He starts talking to me about 
Uh, he, he, was at, he was a Green Beret. He used to train the Afghan... Uh, he used to train the Afghan soldiers to fight against the Russians back when the Russians and Afghans had a war. I think it lasted for seven years. And the Russians never beat the Afghans. Never got the victory. They finally decided to leave. I'm telling you, them Afghanistans ain't nothing to play around with. Amen? Anyhow, he starts telling me about his military service. He got a Green Beret hat on, man, put that thing on. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, they ain't no telling what this guy done done. They ain't no telling what he's been through. They ain't no telling how many people he's had to kill on duty. They ain't no telling what this man, what I'm seeing is the inside of this man. I'm seeing a hard, hard shell because of what life has put on him. People get hard because of the things they've been through. They get scarred by the way people have treated them. And it's tough. And I'm sitting over there, and I ain't condemning him. I, 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 don't, I want to pray for him. I want to love him. And he says to me, finally he says, you know what? My daddy left me when I was about two years old. He said, I've never seen my daddy. Don't know who my daddy is. He walked off and left me and my mama when I was two years old. And he said, if I could ever get my hands on him, he said, I'd kill him. And I could see murder in his eyes. I'm like, this guy ain't joking. <laughs> and I'm sitting here listening to his story. And eventually he says, I'm out of, my, my drink's empty. I got to go in the house here. I'm going to mix me another drink. He said, would you like to have one? I said, man, I could probably use one right now. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I mess with Mr. Weed. Y'all looking at TV, I didn't say that. I said, no, I said, I'm, I'm okay. I'm perfectly fine. He said, well, I'm going to go in here and I'm going to make me a drink and I'm, I'll be right back with you. I said, go ahead. When he was gone in there to make him another drink, I was sitting there at the poker table on, underneath the carport and I, was, I started praying. I said, Lord, now you know what, what will win this man. You know what will get his attention. I said, what do I say to this man? How do I witness to this man to win him to you? Because that's, the, that's the, the job duty that day. Not to push him off, not tell him how bad he is, but to win him. And the Holy Spirit dropped that on me just like that. He said, go to John chapter 8, Stacy, and I want you to tell him a, the story about the lady that was caught in the act of adultery. Mm. So I'm like, okay. When he comes back out, when, when I get my chance, that's what I'm going to tell him. And when he came back out, he sat down. And he said, well, what you got, what you got to, to say, Stacy? I said, I said, Gene, I, I got to tell you something. I said, uh, I would, uh, a Bible scripture came to my mind I, I want to share with you. And I told him about that story of the lady that was caught in the act of adultery. You can read it for yourself in John chapter 8. The religious people of Jesus' day found her, went to where she was at, and they pulled her out of the bedroom, actually, just about naked, and brought her to Jesus. She, the Bible says she was caught in the very act of adultery. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay, get the picture. So they caught her and they brought her to Jesus in that condition. This lady didn't have a lot of clothes on. 
She might have had a bed sheet if she was able to grab one off, but they were dragging her to court, dragging, bringing her accusation charges. And, she, they, and they brought her before Jesus, and they said, the law, they did this to test him, to test him. The Bible said test him. And they brought, and Jesus looked at her, and they said, the law tells us, Jesus, that we have the right to stone her according to the law of Moses. We can stone her, and it'd be legal. But we want to know what you have to say, Jesus. And Jesus didn't answer. He just rolled in the ground. And they said it again. And Jesus looked up the second time, and he said, to those of you that have sinned not, can throw the first stone. You better throw the first stone if you never sinned, in other words. The Bible said Jesus looked back down, started writing again. As he heard all the stones start to drop, from the oldest, the Bible said, to the youngest, they started dropping their rocks. So let me tell you, the older you are, the more you have time to sin. That's right. They started dropping their rocks first, and then when Jesus looked up, only she was sitting there. The Messiah, the anointed one, the only begotten son, he's the only one sitting on the judgment seat that day. And he's looking at her. And he said, first thing he said was, where are your accusers? Where are the ones that brought all these accusations up against you? And she said, well, they all left, Lord. You know why they left? Because they all had sin in their life. They, didn't have, they, didn't, they couldn't throw the stone because they had sin. He said, to those of you that have no sin can throw the stone. All of them realized, I've sinned. I can't be throwing a stone at this brother or this sister in life. But some of us go to work with stones in our pockets. Some of us go to ballpark with stones in our pockets. Look at this one, how they dress. Look at that one, how they talk. Look at this. You ain't never going to win nobody to the Lord. That's right. Anyhow, I told, I shared that with Gene. I said, the whole message the Lord wants to tell you, man, is that he didn't come to condemn you, that he forgives you. When I told him that, he looked at me. I'm talking about straight face, eyeball to eyeball. He said, are you a preacher? <laughs> I said, yes, sir. You know what he said? He said, I knew it when you got out of the car. Who told him that? Only the Lord could have. But the Lord can't work with people that have a condemning spirit. That's right. So go back to, G, to my, my, my Green Beret buddy. I said, the Lord didn't come to condemn you. He's not holding things over your head, man. I said, you drinking your life away? I said, Jesus Christ will forgive you of everything. And about that time, the phone rang. He picks up the phone. You know who's on the other end? Somebody the devil's using. That's right. Somebody the devil's using. His friend that he was talking to earlier, talking all that trash and dirty stuff, caused 
in the middle of this moment, the phone rings. And his friend is talking that junk. I can hear it coming through the phone. And my buddy said, I ain't got time to talk about this. Boom! Slam that phone down. And then he looked at me. And you know what he looked at me with? He said, You are fixing to pray for me. <laughs> and I said, That's why I'm here. I have been sent to pray for you. But through that whole situation, by not coming with a condemning spirit, but with the, with the word that Jesus didn't come to condemn you, man. That's right. When he heard those words, his heart broke. I don't know if anybody had ever told him the Lord didn't come to condemn him. He didn't even condemn this woman that was caught in the very act of adultery. He didn't condemn her neither. He said, where are your con con accusers? He said, they all gone. And he said, neither do I condemn you. He said, but go and sin no more. Don't forget the rest of the story. I'm going to free you. I'm going to wash all this away. But don't go and do it again. Don't go back to living the same way you came. He said, but I forgive you. A lot of people holding that past over people's heads. But Jesus don't hold your past over your head. You know that man? He said, you going to pray for me? I said, let's get down in the floor. Right there in that carport. He got on his knees, and I got on my knees. And he said, pray. I said, man, you want to know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? He said, I sure do. Pray. Tell me what I need to do. And I led that, that green beret to the Lord. And man, he cried so much. He, he was, there was a puddle of tears up on, on that carport that day. His nose was running. His eyes were running. But his heart was getting clean. That's what it's all about. Amen. No condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. We can win a lot more people if our churches get out from under condemning folks and start preaching the gospel. That's right. And the gospel actually means good news. That's right. Amen. Amen. If you're hearing bad news, it ain't the gospel. That's right. It's good news. Sin has been defeated. Jesus has washed it all away. Amen. Stay with me this morning. This morning, if you've been watching by media, it was an honor to come into your home, your living room. We love you. I want you to know today, the same as that green beret, you are not condemned. Jesus Christ did not come to condemn you. You may be an alcoholic watching me, a drug addict. You may be committed adultery, everything under the sun you may have done. But I want you to know, Jesus Christ still didn't come to condemn you. He come to save you. All you got to do is turn your life over to Jesus Christ. Believe that he died on the cross and rose from the dead. If you'll believe this in your heart and confess with your mouth, you shall be free today. All your sins will be washed away and he will give you a life in return that's worth living. It's called the abundant life. But it's all in Christ Jesus. You won't find it nowhere else and no other religion in the world. Jesus Christ has paid it all in full.
Turn to him today. He'll set you free from everything that everybody else has held you guilty of. Be free. We love you. Write us. Give us your comments. Let us know what you think. God bless you. Jesus is Lord.